And I, for one, welcome our new gentlemen, overlords. Who? 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 Now that's a team I can work with. I love it. I love bringing people together. How we doing? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Gentleman Overlords. It's me, Andrew, and with me is the rest me. of the overlords. Like me, I'm Max. And me, I'm Robert. And I'm talking over you guys with new intros because you know what? We talked about how we're in the hundreds and things are different and I'm even upsetting the balance with you guys. I'm throwing you off your game. Just like yeah. that. that, that that's what's throwing me off my game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how you guys doing? You know. Doing all right. All things considered. How about you, Andrew? I'm doing just fine. Uh, I'm excited to talk about some movies with you guys. Movies we've seen. you forget about me look my way girl something <laughs> breakfast movies we've seen um rob hit us lead us off you're the the top top of the list first batter at the plate and go ahead take a swing hey uh i only saw one other film uh other than the the others uh, that will feature later in the episode. Hey, that's a little tease for later in the episode. Wow. Um, and I just finished watching, uh, before the record, uh, Batman, Mask of the Phantasm. Ah, the animated. The animated movie based on the animated series. Um, it was great. I love that era of Batman. The movie is definitely like a longer kind of, version of an episode but there's a lot of and then there's a told it's told in a lot of flashbacks not just for that has to do a lot with like a relationship that bruce swain has and also like the one of the protagonists kind of relationship with her family and stuff um so it's like interesting that so much is told kind of in the past that way um and also as far as like the villain goes the phantasm has this really cool kind of like skull face hockey mask um, and they're doing things right in the era of COVID. Whereas Batman, his cowl completely uncovered his nose and mouth. Um, and you just think about that kind of stuff now. And I was kind of rooting for the phantasm for that reason. Is, is the phantasm, is he a comic? Is he like, was he created for the movie or is he? Based I'm on almost, the... I believe, I believe Mask of the Phantasm was an entirely original character for that film. And they're all, I really like them too. It's cool. He, he does remind me a lot of, uh, I think there was a character called the Reaper, I believe. And I think he had, uh, maybe a hook arm. I'm not totally mm. sure, but I remember reading a Batman comic from the yeah. library. The phantasm's cool because because uh, they appear in like a they almost like generate smoke like mist around them and like appear as like an angel of death to like these mob bosses and they have yeah that cool like it's like a a, a weird like curved blade with like a smaller knife on the bottom um, it's really awesome and then I also forgot that uh, heavily featured is I love how Gotham always has like these great exhibits at one point and then they all become like dilapidated um, you know places that supervillains hang out in, but they had like their version of Tomorrowland, which was Gotham's like 
the world of tomorrow or something. Uh-huh. And, um, it totally has like, you know, a ride that's like a small world, but about the future. And they have like animatronics and, um, features heavily in the film and i thought that was pretty fun pretty wonder, fun too i wonder if they'll have a gotham version of the tomorrow war starring uh mike mitchell hey there you go um i'm um the reaper max is dropping info this is this is the other cool thing about the breaking off the new hundo we are we're in a new digital age where we can send each other cool info during the episode um caspian socialite <laughs> by day vigilante by night and this is the Reaper Max? Yeah, I don't really remember a whole lot about him, but he does have a mask for a face, uh, and he does have a big old hook arm. And so, well, like, when the Phantasm came out, I thought, I wonder if that's a reference to this guy. Obviously not the same thing, but... Yeah, and if you don't want to spoil it for yourself, this is available on Netflix, but don't look up the wiki entry for the Phantasm. Better to go in uh, with the mystery. Um, but yeah, it was good, and it does do... Maybe I won't say too much about it, but it also does like it does Batman origin stuff, which is it, which is typically covered in all the mediums. But um, also does another one of those like Batman has a connection to like a current day villain in his past, so that's that's kind of wrapped up in it as well. Um, yeah, it's really good, and especially if you're a fan of of that the animated series and and that you know that style of animation and those stories. Like I thought it was really good. There are other good. I think there's um. I want to say it's called Sub Zero. There's one about uh, Mr. Freeze as well. That's a really good um, uh, self-contained movie. Um, you need to rewatch that one as well. But um, yeah, really recommend uh, Mask of the Phantasm. I feel like DC does a really good job with with most of their animated stuff. That was those were also like earlier entries for sure. It was definitely built off the the strength of that particular series, and it wasn't it wasn't yet the thing where they're adopting especially now they're adopting so many one-off comics and, and and sometimes almost I almost completely adopting them to the point where it's sort of like shot for shot mm-hmm. um, to the point where some of them are like, well, is this necessary? And then other times I feel like they take enough of a spin or it looks, they've also d- tried to capture sometimes the art style, if not have the artists themselves come in for the animated stuff. But um, I tend to agree. I, th- I find them good, but not great sometimes, but um, this one's up there for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. what I've seen. Though. Max, cool. how about you? Uh, I watched The Old Guard, another comic book. Uh, oh, I meant to watch that. Brought to the screen. Um, what is, what's The Old Guard? It has Angelina. It does not have Angelina Jolie. It does Jolie. not have Angelina Jolie. <laughs> As Charlize Theron. Uh, and it, uh, and she's kind of like, <laughs> She's in this group of um, Angelina Jolie fans. Angelina Jolie <laughs> fans, exactly. They all love her. They don't mention it outright in the show, but you can tell. <laughs> you can really tell they like her. They cryptically talk about the movies, and they're like, "We love that actress in that movie." Yeah, the ones who when she raids tombs. <laughs> um, but and then they get really many, and they're like, "Wasn't she in the old guard?" And they're like, "No, no, 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 no." <laughs> That's Charlize Theron. but uh, it was a little bit underwhelming uh i thought Mm. it it kind of like um so it's this this group of uh like a secret team what what am i thinking of the military covert ops team essentially but hmm? oh i would like team six or like how secret are we talking about 
if, if they're not secret, I shouldn't know their name. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you don't, yeah, they're, they're one of those unknowns. They call them in when everything else has gone wrong. I'm just saying it's like one of those. The Avengers. Tropes, I guess. I'm not thinking of an actual name. I came up with it. Covert Special Ops. That's kind of what I was looking for. Hey, Alan Covert. <laughs> you got it. Um, But I, I feel like that's kind of o- overdone a little bit at this point. Like maybe I've seen it too much. And it kind of made all the characters blend together a little bit. Because they were all just those like hardened oh we've been doing this we're so good at this uh stuff but they all have uh the power to come back from the dead like they can they are in immortal essentially until they're not they can uh aren't we all this can, is in the uh, huh? aren't we all I, I, immortal until we're not not exactly because we like in this one, you can get uh, shot through the head and then come back from that. Whereas, and, and you're to blame. <laughs> shot through the heart as well. Exactly. You're a uh, yeah. You're that's on the it. joke, man. <laughs> and it wasn't even good. <laughs> that's what I was trying to uh, to accentuate. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Stretch it out as long as you can. Well, we're still talking <laughs> about it, so. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's going according to plan. That is not at all what I thought would be an element of this film. No? No. Well, it is. I'm surprised. I've never read the comic. Uh, and I, I'd i say it was... It was. Um, it might be worth a watch. I think some, some people would really enjoy it. I don't know why. It's just that kind of like military covert ops thing that I, I don't get behind. It kind of like rubs me the wrong way right off the bat and then i feel like a lot of the the characterization uh gets left behind i also for some reason i don't like watching or when i'm playing a video game i don't i'm kind of tired of seeing people who are good at doing stuff and i want to see more of people who are not good people who stumble and people who have issues which i guess like some of that comes up in here but just having that that small group of basically like we can do anything send us into any situation and it will come out and especially when they're immortal you just kind of it doesn't seem like there's as much on the line there there's no stakes you just kind of know they're going to succeed most of the time unless it's convenient to the story for them not to which is true in pretty much every story when you have a main character you know they're going to kind of make it at least till the end of the movie but um, this one, I think, it got undercut by a bit of that. And I don't know if some of that comes from the comic, just how the comic was written, but that's my take on it. I, would check, I still, check I still it don't want to see it, but I, I, I don't know. Maybe my expectations are tempered now. You, yeah, you might you might come away liking it a lot more than I did. I'll see it if Angelina Jolie's in there. What was that, Andrew? <laughs> Uh, I'll I'll see it if Angelina Jolie's in it. Thank you, Robert. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, well, who knows? I, might be. Might be. I saw the first Pirates of the Caribbean recently. Curse of the Black Why? Pearl, and I, you know, part of it is like I think all the stuff that's come out about Johnny Depp in the last couple of years has kind of like made me not very excited to see him on screen, but also like. I don't know. The the Captain Jack Sparrow thing is just kind of losing its charm for me, so I wasn't as enthralled watching it as I was pre- the previous times I've seen it, but still mostly a fun little romp. Um, 
don't know how how little of a romp it can be when it's a Jerry Bruckheimer film, but um, yeah, it was fun, fun to watch. I, I generally enjoyed those movies when I watched them. I, I wonder if I would uh, on a second viewing. I so I I did like the first one, especially when it came out. I was a big fan of it. I really didn't like the second one very much, and then I fell asleep multiple times during the third one. <laughs> and I, as I understand it, there are five now. Yeah, I think so. And I have not seen four or five. I don't expect I'll ever get around to watching them unless, like, it's you know a thing that a bunch of friends are doing together. But yeah, diminishing returns on those movies. Do we know the titles of the last two? Maybe I should look that up. Because uh, I, I feel like I've seen at least four of them, but I don't so know. The first one is Curse of the Black Pearl. second one is uh, Dead Men Tell No Tales. No, that's it's Dead Man's Chest. And I think no. the fifth one is Dead Men Tell No Tales. Oh, Dead Man's Chest. third one is On Stranger Tides. Yes, and then... No? No, that's the fourth one. Fourth? The third one is At World's End. At World's End, that's right, because they literally go to the end of the world. Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> yeah, so um, great great uh, film franchise. Uh, uh, Captain Jack Sparrow, number one movie character of all time, and uh, <laughs> undefeated. Undefeated? Undefeated. I don't know. I, I, it's, I mean, everybody's seen the first one. It's not, I don't know, it's been talked about to death so tv shows we've seen (laughs) we've seen (laughs) anyways uh i think that's it for me for movies other than the movies we're gonna talk about today so why don't we move into some tv shows we've seen which robert i know you have not seen any tv sorry what about you uh i watched season two of hannah and uh it's, I don't know. They got rid of one of the the characters from uh, the killing, so it's kind of annoying that he wasn't there. But I don't think it really. I think it was still a, a pretty good season, although it it suffered from like people making really uh, bad choices, like mistakes where you feel like you should have learned by now not to do that. And the, the characters or the writers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, maybe a combination of both. Maybe the characters because the writers. Uh, wow. But yeah, definitely just like people getting themselves into trouble over and over again where, where you would feel they, they shouldn't. And the whole premise is kind of like um, they have these specially engineered human beings that um, were raised as killing machines. But they either sometimes don't seem very competent like they're any better than anyone else at killing or like there's no reason to invest like 18 years of of genetically modifying raising growing it doesn't pay off in the end so there's a lot of that just kind of like what what what's going on here why it doesn't seem that that incredible what they're doing uh but a pretty fun watch. I, I think like uh, the main characters do a, a good job with their. Uh, I mean, the the actors do a, a great job for the main characters. Um, and yeah, check check it out. I still haven't watched the the movie that it's based on. 
but at some point I probably will. Yeah, there was a movie. I was I yeah, that is Eric Bana in the movie? I don't know if he's I think the, oh, I I thought that it was um Skarsgård, Alexander Skarsgård in it. Maybe I thought it should be Eric Bana because it's called Hannah. Or maybe I'm wrong. Let's see. I'm going to look it up while we talk. Ooh, my man, Eric Bana. Eric Bana. Oh. And Skarsgård is not in it at all? Uh, at least not in the the first six actors. Then, uh, no. Oh, weird. And it has Saoirse Ronan. Mm-hmm. I did not realize that. Maybe it was before she got uh, famous yeah, with... Uh, 2011? With the... The Bird movie. The what bird. was the Bird movie? Uh, Lady Bird. Lady Bird. The Bird movie. Bird, <laughs> birds of Prey. <laughs> was the Emancipation she in that? movie. She was, uh, she was Harley Quinn in the Birds of Prey movie. I thought that was Angelina Jolie. Yeah. <laughs> they, sw- they, switched, they switched off between scenes. It was like a Mary-Kate and Ashley thing. Couldn't even tell. Uh, and then I watched another couple seasons of Downton Abbey. I think I'm still, I haven't gotten to anything new. I think I've still seen all of it. Who knows? Maybe I've watched all of Downton Abbey. I don't think I've seen the movie, though. That'll be one thing, at least. That'll be new. Downtown uh, movie? Downtown movie? That's what it's called. Downtown movie. The Downton Abbey movie. <laughs> Downtown. When you're in Hell trouble, yeah. you. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, Downton Abbey is kind of hard to watch, especially now, just when you have like the, the economic inequality, right? That you're just kind of like, do the the servants, do the servants constantly talk about the fight for 15, (laughs) the the fight for 15 cents. No, for a 15 minute break once, uh, 15 quid guys. (laughs) Trading in squids. That's, I don't know anything about Europe, but I assume that they, uh, they use. I, they, all, they like gross foods, and they probably eat squid on everything. No doubt. No doubt. Anyway, that's all I've seen. Uh, How about you, Andrew? I watched. I don't know if I talked about this last time. We finished Space Force. The did we talk about that? Yeah, you, you were watching it. it. I don't remember if you'd finish it or okay, not. Okay, maybe I did talk about that. Um, let's see. We've been rewatching Smallville. Uh, started from the beginning on that. And I think we're in season three right now, but um, yep. A corny teen drama with Superman in it is, uh, (laughs) I I mean, like it's, it's interesting. Like it, it feels like at a certain point they got kind of, they were like kicking and screaming about like having to include Superman stuff. Like, cause it feels like, it, they wanted to be a teen drama just that featured Clark Kent and like they sure. didn't really want to get into all the like Superman DC you know stuff but which is which is funny when you look at like a show like Riverdale where like now that they're doing all these weird crazy storylines but I think a lot of that stuff I mean like I guess it's a little darker but like there's weird stuff in Archie comics that yeah. they kind of reference and stuff so I can't wait in Riverdale for the Predator to show up like he does in Predator <laughs> versus the yeah. Archie or the episode where we, we, the part of the episode we didn't see of The Simpsons where Homer went to Riverdale and they, <laughs> they take him and kick him back to Springfield. We're going to get that from the Riverdale point of view. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it, it it's yeah. Again, like there's there's little bits and pieces of Superman lore that they sprinkle in, but as the show progresses, you can there's definitely more stuff that they do. But yeah, it's uh, you know it's corny, but I'm enjoying it. Like I see the reasons why I watched it the first time and am enjoying it again now. Yeah, you, you already get to the, when it, when it you get to the strident the strident gum uh, monster. That's season se- that is season seven, and it's stride gum. That's in season seven. It's not strident; it's stride. Um, trident and stride are two different gums. I, All right, I guess the advertising didn't work on me. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's season seven. That's the return of Pete Ross in season seven. That's, he's, that's bonkers to me. For some reason, when I, I've always remembered you telling me about that, but that sounds like a season one or two thing. Oh, that's a season seven episode. Season seven episode, and it's the return of a main character from the first three seasons who leaves after season three. Wow. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the fun thing that they sort of played with is that character's name is Pete, and he the joke in the show, at least amongst fans was that he was named product placement Pete because he was always like, you know, like there's a, there's an episode where they're at like a dance and like Remy zero who does the theme song for the show is like playing at the dance. And like, he screams out, Hey guys, Remy zero. And you're like, he just, he's always the person who's like, wow, check out this new CD. Here you go, Clark. And like camera pans on the CD as he's handing it to Clark. Songs that inspired by Smallville? Cool. <laughs> I mean, one of the 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 CD that came out at the time was called the Talon Mix, and then he hands Clark the Talon Mix at a party. He's like, "Hey, check out the CD I made. Here you go, Clark." You know. Just, so yeah, product placement. Here you go, team. super. I mean, Clark. <laughs> Whoops. Wink. Um. So is, is it? Oh, go ahead. Is it weird? Is it weird seeing the? Uh, the woman who ended up being in that uh, sex cult. You know, I I I make that joke maybe once every I've... four episodes. That it's just it's uh, it's strange to like her as a character when she's so unlikable in real life. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, that was that was. I mean, like I knew it obviously, and I I. But it's not like the thing that's on the forefront of my mind. And when I saw her again, I was like, "Oh right, we're gonna have to think about that again." <laughs> good old Allison Mack. Oh, right. So, other that's, if you can... If, right. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, I forgot her name, and I was about to say Allison Hannigan. So I'm glad I didn't. I don't want to <laughs> smear the name of Allison Hannigan. You want to drag Allison Hannigan into Allison Mack Willard, problems? Willard's great. Um, so, no yeah, if you, if you like teen angst and teen problems with superpowers, Smallville is the way to go. Uh, is it? Let me. Oh, oh, that was the other thing I wanted to ask. How does it compare to the the newer DC stuff? The stuff that isn't really ashamed of the uh, source material. Uh, interesting. It's a. I mean, it's a different show. Like it. This is this is clearly intended for a different audience than like Arrow and Flash and and things like that because those are adults, right? Like Flash is working. He works for the Central Central City PD. Oliver like is a you know like college dropout who was on an island for five years. So like these are mid to late twenties or thirties, like adults playing superheroes in the shows. And I guess 
I guess it seems very similar to me because even though they're in a different setting, the actors are probably the same age because it was around the time where, you know, you still had the 30-year-olds playing high schoolers. Yeah, Tom Welling is like fully in his like mid to late 20s playing 16 years old. Yeah. Cool. So I it it's a different, I mean, it's a totally different show. I'd say like in terms of source, like being closer and more... Um, more what am i trying to say faithful to the source material i think people would enjoy arrow and flash more than smallville but if like sort of like power of the week that clark has to also juggle his relationships you know at school if that sort of story speaks to you then that then uh, smallville's better for that than the flash and arrow but if watching like a comic book maybe on screen come to life a little more. You probably enjoy Flash and Green Arrow a little more. Right on. I was just trying to tee it up into the next one with uh, Superman from the from the Supergirl show showing up in a movie that we ah. were talking, we we're going to be talking about. Tee it up. Why don't we, well, I think that movie is probably the more interesting one. So why don't we save that for the last one and, Oh, sorry, Max. <laughs> so, Dang it. He should have showed up in the other movie yeah, that we were talking keep, keep about. That on, keep that uh, ball on the tee, and um, we'll just move to the tee that is set up right next to that, that tee with a ball on it. And <laughs> that ball... Classic, classic golf. Yeah, that ball is has the words, my spy, written on it. Oh my! And my spy is a, a movie with Dave Bautista and Kristen Schaal. Uh, Dave Bautista plays a CIA agent who is paired with uh, Kristen Schaal, who is like a analyst, and they are t- uh, and and a delightful scamp and uh, quite a scamp. Um, they are teamed up to watch over this family who is related to uh, a bad guy. So they are watching this family to make sure that he doesn't come in contact with them. And Dave Batista ends up becoming friends with the daughter and hilarity ensues to mixed results. <laughs> um, uh, so really? this is a, uh, this is a movie that was supposed to be in theaters. I think it had like a two week run before COVID hit. And so uh-huh. uh, it was released on Amazon prime Starring Dave Bautista. This is, I think, the first movie that Dave has had with his name above the title. Um, oh. He's been in a lot of stuff, but I think this is his first like true Dave Bautista vehicle. And I'm curious what you guys think. One of Dave as a uh, mainstream leading actor, and two, what you guys thought of the movie. Hmm. Well... I thought Dave did a fine job, but, and I know that he, how important it is, there's a very charming story of him being so excited when he got the role of uh, Drax in Guardians of the Galaxy years ago now, and uh, I think he, like, called, immediately called, like, an action, acting coach, like, oh, I'm so excited, please make me a better actor, um, and I think he's been good, and he was in, he has, like, a scene in uh, Blade Runner, and he's, he's good in that, and he does have, and that's just like a thing for for sort of bodybuilders or wrestlers turned actors that like 
is almost like unbelievably big. Especially for like a spy, he's so obvious. Right. <laughs> and that's kind of the joke in the starting. Like they they kind of like try and catch him and are like, what, you're actually a Russian operative? I don't think so. And it's like, my tea off would be that he looks like a weird henchman of a bad guy in an action movie. Um, like a like a Bond henchman or something. And I think, you know, because Daniel Craig is definitely the big, like a, a beefier Bond. And, and you could argue that he maybe sticks out a lot more than a spy should. Um, he's a little more rugged, but, um, and, and I'm not dragging the whole premise down because I can't believe that because isn't that the fun of most Arnold movies that there's, he's a teacher, but he's also just the biggest man you've ever seen yeah. from Austria. Um, so it was just, it was just an interesting one. I, I'm getting, I'm getting in the weeds, but um, I thought he did a fine job, but I just don't know if I was completely charmed uh, by the film and it's kind of premise. I don't know. What, what did you think, Max? I I was completely charmed. I was not expecting wow. to like this movie hardly at all. Uh, but I really ended up liking all of it and laughing genuinely out loud and and uh, liking the characters and all that. And uh, it kind of makes me think that maybe I should reconsider the Tooth Fairy and the Pacifier and all those other <laughs> movies that I, I thought were probably some of the worst things you could possibly watch because this one a lot of I fun. Said, reconsider the Tooth Fairy. I thought like this movie like shook your belief in like the old <laughs> gods like Santa, the Easter Bunny. No, I'm saying like, to may- think that this maybe it's maybe, all real. Maybe they do exist. If um, that Eminem's commercial didn't convince me, this is exactly what I was going to bring up. You also think he is real? Yeah, they do. The commercial that like. Talk about a great commercial that has legs for them. Because have they? How long have they been playing that? Like twenty years. That's, that commercial has been in circulation for decades, for sure. Yeah, same thing like the Cadbury egg commercial. Anyway, um, oh, well, that's interesting. That'll be a more interesting conversation. Well, what did you? Well, what was your favorite part about it, Max? Uh, I think a lot of it had to do with the charisma of probably all the characters. Like I, I, I thought Batista did a really good job. Um, and I also thought that Christian Shaw is always funny. She's great. I'm happy. I'm definitely happy that she was, had a meteor role in something and she actually, she played to type, but she is, she definitely just like, just like holds up in a scene. It, it would, it's hard to like draw the eye from Dave Batista. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. and so it's, it's just like nice that she's so funny and talented it's just, it's just great to see her in something too. What about um, well, what did you think, Andrew? Because you kind of alluded to to how you were feeling about it. I think there's yeah, and you saw this previous cast. Yeah, I saw this a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah, I think that the 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 movie hinges so much on Dave Batista and Kristen Shaw, and I think they both do like a pretty good job of being like both. I think like Dave especially is called upon to be a little more like he does a little more in this movie than he has in previous movies. Like he's all, like you said, he kind of plays to type in terms of like henchmen or, you know, like big brooding, you know, Drax, like this guy who just like, he's not called upon to do a lot of like emotional, like heavy lifting. He's just sort of like either in the background of the scene, making a quibby comment or he's like shooting something. A quibby, a quibby comment, a a quibby comment, like a 15 (laughs) minutes or less comment. Um, (laughs) and, uh, the I think he's like this is the first movie I've seen him in that he's called upon to do some like emotional work and I think he does a pretty good job. Yep. Um I think 
the the probably the fault of the movie is that it just it's just kind of light in terms of the story and script but like where the movie succeeds i think is in the the interactions between both batista and Kristen shawl and then batista and the kid actor whose name chloe coleman plays sophie and like she you know precocious kid actor she you know is not afraid of him because you know whatever like she wants to, you know, they end up forming this bond and being friends. Like I, the movie hinges so much on the relationships that he has with either Sophie or Kristen Shaw or Kate. Yeah. The mom. So I, you know, again, like this, the story about da- about Batista, you know, hiring an acting coach after guardians of the galaxy. He really like this movie meant a lot to him because of, you know, this being the first movie that he's really having his name above the title. And like, because, because of that, I think he put a lot into this movie. And I think like his performance really does stand out in a way that like, you know, he's not Dwayne Johnson in terms of other wrestlers who have become actors. Like he's not as versatile and talented as the rock in terms of being on screen. But I think like he, he does a really good job in this movie. And I, I think I, there's middling, success i think in terms of the story but i think like in terms of the performances and stuff i think everybody does a really good job especially uh batista maybe that that's a good point maybe is that like maybe it's a better maybe it's a better presentation of his acting ability and less of a presentation and i'm not trying to like knock knock the movie i just don't know if it was for me i don't know if i was in the right headspace for it as much i just didn't i just didn't find it as as engaging i wasn't the stuff i knew that i think in a lot of situations I would be totally charmed by like, like the kid's side to kick and stuff was just a little, I don't know. And it was kind of, it was a little formulaic. It was a little cookie cutter, but I, one thing I do want to ask you guys and ask if um, you saw any other references, there's a couple moments where they specifically kind of um, send up or, or parody an action movie scene. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to re- remember if, if you guys remembered, I think I'm trying, I'm trying to remember a couple of them or if there was any ones other than that. Cause there's, there's the one where they're being attacked in the apartment and Kristen Schaal um, decides to grab the Uzi from his case and go and save him. But when she gets to the stairs, she drops it. And then a la True Lies, the Arnold Schwarzenegger film, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis drops an Uzi and it bounces and basically like kills all the bad guys. And in this one, her gun does go off and kill not everyone, but like the right people. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, in the exciting finale there is a punching match by a spinning plane with the blades whirring right by them. And Christian Shaw literally calls out that it's very reminiscent of another film, the gas truck and something else. So it's, it's weirdly calling to those. And if, do you remember if there was another one? Was there a third, was there something else I missed or was the starting maybe a whole reference to it? I can't remember anything specific. I do remember that they, they kept calling back to, or not calling back to, but like the whole, Sophie wants to like walk away from something while it's exploding and like he's trying to take yes, yeah. the explosion. I mean that's more of a movie trope than a a reference sure. to something, but yeah, I can I couldn't think of a third specific reference. Yeah, I was trying to remember when I was watching it. I was cuz obviously like I perked up cuz like what the hell they're like ripping this off and I was like no 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 no. They're like I mean, you can argue what you want, but like they were specifically like parodying that scene. Yeah. Um and and it's also like it's also kind of like, it's the same sort of thing where it's like a character that, and she does say like, she's like, oh sure, you'll teach the kid how to shoot, but not, oh, not me. Like yeah. she has to go get her up a gun. 
and like can't do it because like he should have um you know treated her better and, and you know given her a shot um and she got she took her shot um i just was like i was kind of surprised that if there wasn't a third or maybe i'm just missing maybe it was a little more nuanced and i didn't catch it sure um uh, two definitely a lot like i don't what was it what was this pg third or this r <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a hard r um i think it's probably pg i don't know I people get shot in the heads i guess but then again we're we're all about violence is fine it's just the sex stuff mm-hmm. um it's kind of traumatizing like the little girls in a room where like people are getting like capped in the face so pretty wild um i feel my... like they dropped some f-bombs and but maybe it was just under the the number or whatever is it still just one? It's one, and it can't be about like sex. It has to be fuck as like an exclamation, not as like I want to fuck. Yeah, PG which PG thirteen. You're right. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I for some reason it was just like the, the amount of violence, but then again, again, it's that seems to be of, of less concern most of the time. Um, yeah, definitely. She's gonna have the little girl's gonna have to have a therapist um, <laughs> because she like mur- she like murders at her age, but um, but yeah, pretty crazy. Um, I did, especially <laughs> the part where they have all the parents come and, and, or the guardians come and, and talk about what they do for a job. And Batista basically like tells everyone how he goes around the world and like <laughs> kills people. And one of the dads is like pissed off that they're like letting him talk, but he gets like a standing ovation and the moms are like checking out his muscles later. Oh my gosh. There are so many parts to that movie that I don't know. It it was a big surprise to me. I think because I I saw the trailer and it did definitely seem like okay, we got a kid actor here and we got the formulaic uh, uh, story. It all it seemed like it was going to go in the worst direction, but the amount that I was charmed by it really surprised me, and the amount that I laughed also surprised me. I think they did a good job with the writing maybe not in the the whole sense of like coming up with the plot but filling in the the blanks and the conversations that people had and i think they they did a good job of putting it up on screen and it just ended up being a really fun movie yeah i agree for me at least yeah i thought it was i i mean like i was not bored during it i i i like there's parts of the movie where the plot's a little flimsy but like that i think like it's a it's strange that it has a PG-13 rating because I think this is a movie that is probably intended for like a younger audience just in terms of like the tone and how the movie... If they had made him a more... If they had made him a more generic spy... I mean, I guess, is there any way to not do spies with like trying to shoot each other in the face? But like, if they made him less of like a badass hitman and more of like a... Again, if they somehow made him more of a, you know, slip in and slip out kind of guy, but that, that completely plays against his look. Right. Which is sort of what I was saying. It makes more sense that he is the dude who could take out a whole room full of people. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I wish maybe I, that would have worked. I think uh, also, though, even in the humor, I feel like they they earned their PG-13. And that's part of what I appreciated about it was that it seemed a little bit more than you would expect from a typical movie like this. It yeah. seemed like a, a, a little bit, maybe not heavier, maybe not. I don't know how to how to say it, but just like a little bit more mature. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that I think like the, that is part of the problem, not the problem with the movie, but I think like it just like, there's a lot of movies that just don't quite 
know where they're going to land in terms of the presentation and the pace and sort of the the like tone of the movie and i think like that's a little bit where maybe this movie kind of falters is that like it it doesn't lean one way or the other enough and it kind of just sort of vacillates and sort of is in this like weird gray area between like being a really kid friendly family movie and then also being kind of like a more a little more for like an older audience action movie too and because mm-hmm. it's like sort of lightly drifting into both lanes i don't think it really succeeds at either and i kind of wish it would just go one way or the other and like firmly set itself as we're going to be an action movie or we're going to be like the tooth fairy you know like something where it's like there's some or the pacifier word like there's some action involved but this is mostly a vehicle for like this huge muscle man to play like mr nanny Mm-hmm. Would you guys uh, recommend that people see it? I'd probably give a soccer a soft recommendation. I'm a little bummed that it's, and I, I guess you know everyone's trying to kind of keep their exclusivity right now because you can't. Most people can't realistically have you know dozens of, of streaming services as they are offered now. Um, but this is only I think on Amazon Prime, right? Correct. Yeah. Um, and I think like a lot of things, it'll probably have a wider release or a wider digital release maybe, but right now it's exclusive to that. Um, so if you have the, the, the ability to watch it, I would say it's, it's a soft recommendation. I'm sort of acknowledging that I, I didn't like it as much, but it doesn't mean I don't think it's a good movie. I think, I think there's, there's fun to be had in it. Sure. Max, how about you? Yeah. Amazon prime just, uh, added profiles there. So if you have a friend with Amazon prime, go ahead and see if they can, uh, create a profile for you and, and, uh, and, Steal their their oh, kind of kind of like how Netflix has accounts that you sign into in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. It seems like everyone's doing it now. Disney's got it. Hulu's got it. Um, HBO Max. So, yeah, but um, up, up until I mean, I think just earlier this month is when um, Amazon Prime added that. So hop on board and and uh, if you can't pay for it, find find a friend, meet someone, and. Uh, Still theirs. But I would definitely, definitely recommend it. I think it, it, it's a great one. I was surprised that I liked it so much. Uh, and I think Batista did a great job and it'll be fun to see him and, and a bunch of other stuff. I hope other people um, also recognize that, that he's doing a good job and it's nice that he's, he gets into his roles and, and really uh, you can tell and enjoys it and takes it seriously. Yeah. Even mm-hmm. when it's a movie about, you know, a CIA agent, uh, being discovered by a young girl and, yeah. and going nuts. I also enjoyed, uh, I was mentioning earlier about old guard, how they're like just so serious and they're this, you know, the, the agency and they do everything really well. This, this kind of did the opposite and really, I really enjoyed it because he was kind of a fuck up. He messed up a lot of his stuff and they were kind of put on this duty because he was bad at his job and he did some things well, but he also did a lot of, he made a lot of mistakes and it, I think it's fun to see that. Yeah. Yeah, I I think I probably feel the same as Max. I think it's like it's I I enjoyed myself. I thought it was a fun watch. I you know, again, it, it vacillates between the two tones. I wish it would pick one, but you know, it didn't and I think it did an okay job of doing both. I it's not like a spectacular failure or anything, but um yeah, I I'd, I'd say if you have access to Prime, it's worth a watch and it's a, you know, it's a fun little little movie, but um Max, we're moving back to the other T. 
<laughs> this tea is uh, positioned right there in California in Palm Springs. All right, Spring Breakers, you know what time it is. I'm going to need all the hot girls to come up to the stage right now. Fellas, let me hear you make some noise. Spring Breakers! Ooh. And starring yeah. starring uh, Superman from the Supergirl series and his own upcoming uh, Superman and Lois Lane TV show. I forget that guy's name, but uh, starring Andy Samberg and, oh boy, what is her name? Uh, she is from Aiden. I, I think it's an Angelina something or other, Jolie. Uh, Christine, yeah. Christine Milioti. And J.K. Simmons, Peter Gallagher. And the movie is called Palm Springs. And Palm Springs, sort of a, we we you know we talked about it with Happy Death Day. It is a it's an it's a time loop movie. So it's a it's instead of one character, this is multiple characters now living through the same day. Um, so it's a, another take on the uh, the Groundhog Day sort of thing, where they're living in one day and they're trying to figure out what it's going to take to break the time loop. Um, I am wondering what you guys thought of. So these are two movies that were bought by streaming platforms. These, you know, uh, Amazon bought uh, my spy to be exclusive to them. And then Hulu bought Palm Springs outright from uh, what was it? Cans or something. One of the, one of the film festivals, they bought the movie to be uh, Hulu exclusive. And so I'm curious what you guys thought of Palm Springs. I think overall I, I in, enjoyed it. Um, I, I I feel like I, I, it did a couple new things with the, with the genre of, of repeating, mainly that it involved multiple people. Uh, also repeating the same day. Uh, can we can we kind of do a little bit of a spoilery discussion? I, I know it's a brand new movie, but can we kind of talk? I feel like a, it would be good if we could talk a little bit about kind of everything that happened. Yeah, in it yeah. Too. I think like let's you know we can get like general thoughts out of the way, and then we can do like a spoilery sure. discussion about it. Okay. All right. All right. Well, yeah. I I thought it was uh, I thought it was pretty good. How about you, Robert? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I wasn't trying to like completely cut off your summary. Um, no, I, I I really enjoyed it too. I um, um, yeah, I found the leads were fun. I, you're right. Like I, it's this is definitely like a genre now, and I think it actually did enough interesting things with it for something that's ostensibly based on that almost feels like all of them are based off of Groundhog's Day at this point. I think some of these films have done some new and, and unique stuff with that that sort of genre. So yeah, I really liked it. I How agree. about you, Andrew? Yeah, I agree. I think it's I think it's it it does some new stuff with the with that you know, playing with the living the same day over and over again. I liked the idea that it was more than one person living through the <clears throat> the time loop, which is I think novel, at least with movies I've seen of doing this trope Um, and sort of do like, I think playing around with the idea of like, you know, in Groundhog Day, it was like him trying to 
become his best self. And then in this one, it was just sort of like, they just were like throwing ideas at the wall and like nothing was sticking. So they just were like fucking around and trying to do all these different things. And like having Andy being the one who had been in for a while. And then when, um, what is her character's name? Sarah jumps in, you know, he's trying to teach her the ropes and, and things like that. I it's, it's in, it was a very interesting plot to have it happen where like they both wake up the next day, remember what happened. But like, because they're waking up in separate places, like if they want to avoid each other, they can sort of thing. So I, yeah, I overall, I really liked the movie a lot. I thought it was very funny. It was touching in, in places. It's really sad in other places. Um, JK Simmons, I think plays like a very like, interesting role for him of like mm-hmm. sort of a friendly dude but also like pretty menacing at times too um yeah i enjoyed it um what um let's let's get into a little more of the plot robert what do you want to talk about with the plot um well as you guys have already touched on if we're kind of doing into spoiler territory so like the main kind of thrust in the film is that um Andy Samberg at one point uh, while attending this wedding uh, found his way to uh, a cave and when he entered it basically resets the day. Um, So he's the character that's in there the longest and when we meet uh, Sarah and they kind of get together and hook up out in the desert um, they are attacked. This all happens, you know, fairly early in the movie. Um, he sh- uh, Andy Samberg's character shot with an arrow. And he gets away from his attacker, and she and he crawls into the cave to reset the day, and she follows him, which is how she gets stuck. Um, so like you pointed out, I do like that it's where their separate days start. So she wakes up in her bed in the hotel room, which is important later, um, and Samberg's character, you know, is with his girlfriend. Uh, she's always getting ready, you know, for the wedding day. Um, and the third character in that equation that I already mentioned is J.K. Simmons. And the thing that I liked about it, and that you already touched on, Andrew, is that he was sort of accidentally, like, Samberg fucked up, and basically on one of his loops introduced him, J.K., to the cave, uh, sort of on this bender and not really thinking that like when he offhandedly says he wished this day could last forever or something that he didn't really mean that um, and since that character lives far away and traveled to the wedding he's days away and if he wants to find Samberg for often for revenge he has to travel and track him down um, which I thought was the 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 fun wrinkle that that kind of applies some pressure in the film too. Um, what did you guys think about that? Cause that, that's the, that's the part even more than, than the Sarah's character that I thought was like unique for that feature too. Just that he was being hunted by this guy. I, I uh, thought, just being hunted. Was that? I, I kind of thought that that it, it didn't really play a huge part. It was just kind of like in the background. It gave it a, a little bit um, of, of tension, but it, like he, they explained his character and then didn't really uh, do a whole lot with him until they resolved it. So um, I, I didn't see a whole lot of, of him being involved in the movie. Um, 
really. It just in terms of like most of it was just about uh, the the two main characters, and he was just kind of a another thing. I thought it was interesting, but I didn't think it really like pushed the story too far any direction. Well, we can. I mean, we can we can talk about. I don't, what, what did you think, Max or uh, Andrew? Because I thought. I thought there was like a pretty poignant scene where it feels like it kind of connects a lot to their relationship too. Uh, I think like the, like the, the sort of like the interesting part of his character is like, yeah, that he is not a guest at the wedding. And so it's sort of a mystery for Andy, especially Ni- Niles is his character's name that, uh, is he not, not, is he not a guest? I thought he was a guest at the wedding. It's just that he had to travel to get there. Oh, okay. Isn't, doesn't he know someone? He's like the bride's, so he, he knows someone in the yeah, family, I think. An uncle, okay, or something. Yeah, um, but that like it's it's sort of like a mystery for Andy if like he's going to be hunted by this you know guy. Yes. <laughs> like it, you know, there's some days where it just seems like he just wants to go back and be with his family, and then there's some days where he decides that he's going to make Andy's. He's tortured. Yeah, he tortures him. Yeah, or you know, because well, it's the other thing they established too is that you, if you are like if you get in a car accident and then are laying on the side of the road, you know, dying forever, you, the day doesn't reset until you fall asleep or perish. So you could be in agony for a long time before it happens. He says like pain is real until you reset. Yeah. I did but, think that was something that they like, even in like happy death day, I don't think they even really touch on that, that like usually she just like dies and the, and the day resets in this. And one, they do like, play the in the, Oh, sorry. And, but in this one, they sort of play with that idea that like, you could get hit by a car and then just not die for hours. And like, you're mm-hmm. just in agony for that time. Yeah. I think Andy I, says like, I was in the ER at one point and I, that's why I don't try and, you know, I make sure it's like a quick one if I'm going to do it. Yeah. 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 I, I do like that idea that, um, and they kind of like undercut it also afterwards, but the idea that even though the day resets, so essentially what you did up to that point doesn't happen it did happen. You did cause all of those issues. Like every, all the pain that you inflicted on someone was inflicted on someone. Even if uh, they don't remember it the next day, you still do. You did it to them. Yeah. Yes. That's, and that's, that's for me what, I know that he wasn't the dominant character. There's always the, the, the possibility of J.K. Simmons' character show, showing up and I, he doesn't eclipse in any way uh, Andy Samberg and, and Sarah's uh, character but I just thought that like that point of not just uh, physical pain, if you were wanting to reset your day or inflict it on someone, uh, inflict it on others in that loop, but just the guilt he felt about trapping someone else in that, which is why I think kind of the last scene with them is, is interesting. And it's sort of where Andy Samberg's character is feeling so down that he wants to, he's giving up. Like he's finally done running from this person and wants to sort of like resign himself to however his fate will shake out, whether they can get out of the loop or not. Um, but I do like that you brought up that max. Cause I think that's when they're being arrested on the side of the road, that Sandberg's like, she's very ambivalent. It's like, who cares? Fuck it. Who cares? And she, he's like, it does matter. Like we, we did the, if I screw someone over in this timeline, they won't remember it, but I will. So if at some point it sucks because like, you know that you've been that shitty. Or and that shitty multiple times. Mm-hmm. So, if you have a heart, if you if you if you care about that, it's it's a it's obviously a weird moral quandary where it's like, but they don't remember. But it's like, what does that do to your brain? Right. How did that? How does that make you feel? Yeah. So, well, then I feel like later, even even after that scene, he kind of comes out with 
the fact that he's done some pretty shitty things, like no, even knowing mm-hmm. that, like he's still not been a great person uh, and inflicted pain, if whether it was uh, physical or emotional. I think he's probably done both. Um, why don't we get to the you kind of alluded to at the ending of the movie where they decide that they're going to essentially blow up the the anomaly in the cave. And yeah, that's see if that there's some. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You go ahead. Oh, just that there's. I, I want to definitely want to talk to you guys about the ending too because I feel like there's some interpretation. But that's a good point. Um, did you say that Andrew earlier? Where like in Groundhog's Day, Marie's character definitely kind of like kind of flits away his time and does dumb stuff on some of his runs. But Samberg definitely feels like he has resigned himself to like he's basically starts his day drinking in the pool. Um, and he's definitely tried to hook up with as many people uh, in the wedding service as possible, but it does seem like he's sort of not considered that he could ever leave. So he's not doing anything to sort of better himself, and at one point after a big argument, Sarah's character decides, like, she is going to, like, learn and cram and try and figure out what's happening to her and is using all of the time loop stuff to her advantage, retaining information, waking up and getting back to the grind, having already, you know, read that half of the book or having looked up that, you know, study, um, which is, which does happen in movies too. Cause that is again, what Murray does. It, it's at some point he, you know, what does he learn piano and reads all these books and stuff like that. Um, so I like that about it, and I did like it leading to you guys. You guys can uh, talk like when they get to the cave. She decides that like that might be the way to break the loop is blow up uh, like the anomaly cave. Yeah, I thought this for me like just the it kind of uh, got into that uh, like unexplained kind of time paradox uh, issue in in a lot of situations where or like. The, the movie didn't fully wrap up. That's where it started to fray was when she uh, started studying that and how's this going to happen? And it turns out you just blow it up. And then she gets C4 all of a sudden. I don't know how she got C4 in a day. Like, it seems like something that you'd have to get on a waiting list for or something, but I'm sure she could have found her way. She had infinite attempts at it. But also just the idea, like, that's how you, you're, here's this cr- weird supernatural thing in the, the the way after studying it for or for years maybe uh, who knows after studying it for that long just blow it up that's the solution and then also she sends a goat through to test it out right mm-hmm. and then determines oh the goat didn't show back up but after since we're in the spoilers after they get out sure. J.K. Simmons goes and finds Andy Samberg he's there but he doesn't remember anything which implies that the goat would have been there just acting a little bit different because <clears throat> she broke the time loop and uh, put the goat in there. The goat was in the time loop. And when the goat blew up, the goat was no longer in the time loop essentially. So why did it, why did it work either differently for Andy Samberg or how did she figure out that the goat no longer knew who it was? Do you think that the, the goat was more or less like a desperation thing for her? Like it was just sort of like a, yeah. a, a convenient, like, well, it, you know, like she's convinced herself it worked, even though she has no proof to the fact that it worked. Yes. She knows the goat. She knows the goat is gone. She doesn't know that it safely went back to like normal time. Well, she doesn't know what happened to it, but did, why did the goat disappear? Why didn't Andy Samberg disappear from, from that day? Like he, he continued doing that day up until the next day. 
Um, was it? I don't know. Did she ever blow? Did she blow up something when the goat was going through, or was it just that it had like it had like a stuff strapped to it to kind of measure what happened? No, the goat had the C four strapped to it, and she blew it up. And then she said the goat didn't show up the next time, the next day. That the goat. Well, then, oh, so that's what that. What that's what that means. So for the goat, it started to go through the time portal, and she blew it up right at the nexus, and it was uh, basically kicked out of their time loop. But but since she wasn't in the cave at all, the day resets for her like normal. But the goat has somehow escaped their but, their circuit. But in that scenario, if. Uh, Andy Samberg is the goat who blows up in there. He shouldn't show up in J.K. Simmons next day, but he does. Which, which is what I think that the ending is. And I did look it up, you know, at the after I, I read it that it is obviously it's per, uh, purposely a little ambiguous. But I think it's also possible that they're in their own new loop too. Although it's implied they're sitting in that pool. Um, and the people show up and I think it's the next day. So like they realize like, Oh, this is when these people get back from vacation the next day. Um, cause you're not sure when you see them, that if they're not still repeating everything. Um, but I think that it's, it's possible. They're also in their own, they're, they're in their own new one. Um, I don't know. What do you, what do you guys think? It just, it just has all of those questions. The other thing that I was wondering is because when you fall asleep, it resets your day, Right. What happens if you went to take a nap? Then for you, it would reset your day, right? But mm-hmm. for the other person, since you can have multiple people in there, do they watch you fall asleep and then you never wake up again? Or I, I think you just probably disappear. Oh, oh, are you talking about like people inside of your loop, like their reality? Well, I think what he means like, about if, the, like the if, if Andy took a nap, right, and then like Sarah is still like, with her family or something and Andy let's say like Andy takes a, a nap on like a couch in the middle of everybody. Like if he falls asleep, does he just like disappear and like go back to the next day and then Sarah continues her day where he's gone or like, do, I think like, that you're, I think that well, you're conscious, your loop exists. And obviously there would be a conundrum if Andy like, you know, gave him shot himself with a tranquilizer in the middle of a crowd. And then like, I don't, I don't know if it's supposed to be that he dematerializes or that, uh, or there's chaos suddenly, he, you know, yeah, he he disappears and everyone's panicked until Sarah goes to bed or I something. Think, like, so I don't, I don't know. If he dies, they still are, they still can see his dead body, correct? Like they still deal mm-hmm. with the rest of the day until they get to their reset. So if he falls asleep, I wouldn't think that he would disappear. I think he would still be sleeping. But if it was a temporary mm-hmm. sleep, would he wake back up and would they see him interacting? Or once he falls asleep, is that just it? Is he asleep for the rest of the day? Just those weird, like, edge cases started coming up for me, mainly near the end. Like, I didn't really think about it while the movie was in the full swing of things. But once they got to, let's solve this through science uh, and math and quantum theory and all that stuff, then I started thinking about that. This doesn't really, like, make a whole lot of sense. yeah, and I try to be forgiving because, like, they get much more sciency in the second uh, Happy Death Day, um, and it's not like sound science. It's just that they try to explain it a little bit more that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wasn't too much. I don't know. I wasn't too hard on it about it. And um, Max, is it is it, it possi- just like, is it possible that the reading of it is that because? Roy is still Roy J.K. Simmons character is still stuck in the time loop that like 
because I, Andy doesn't recognize him, because now Andy's character is is theoretically living that day for the first time, he doesn't recognize Roy. That like that's that's the explanation that Roy himself is still stuck in the time loop. I, yeah, I, that's, that's, oh, what sorry. I figured, that's what I figured it was, but that would also imply that the goat that she ran into, that the goat that she exploded would also show up the next day. And it, unless she had some way to track whether the goat was remembering the days, uh, then it wouldn't occur to her, this goat is different today than he was yesterday. Or, mm-hmm. or she, I, I think see, it was I a, see, I see. And I, I think that she specifically said that the goat didn't was show up. Was gone. It was yeah. gone. And so in that case, both her and Andy's character should be gone the next day rather than there to have to be tapped on the shoulder it just seems like that they didn't follow that through and again that's like that's a nitpick it doesn't really matter for the movie uh but i started thinking about that once they brought the science and the math in it's goat dna they behave differently (sighs) than humans obviously my my interpretation was definitely that jk's uh simmons roy's character comes up to andy andy and basically he is finally out of his loop, but with all of the knowledge of the previous loops. So at the end of that day, he won't go to sleep and reset. Andy doesn't know him because she has found a way to kick him out of that. So he will get to drive back to see his family and won't be reliving the same day again. And my, I read it and his reaction as she had contacted him and said, hey, I found a way to get us out. And when he goes to tell Andy, hey, isn't that exciting? It's already been done. He's He is already now out but but still with all of the knowledge of what occurred. And the reason Andy didn't know is because that's the version of Andy that will carry on in his new reality and they might be in their own. I didn't I didn't assume that was the one at the very end where they were lounging in the pool. Um we didn't even talk about the fact that there's dinosaurs in this movie. Yeah, why? Why were the dinosaurs? I thought I they were weren't I mean they're on they're on mushrooms. Weren't they on drugs? Yeah, I think it was not they're yeah. actually dinosaurs. But well, at I mean, the end of the movie, was, they haven't, yeah, they haven't told us they're on drugs, but we definitely see dinosaurs again. So so maybe they just were on... Oh, I guess so. They were just floating in the pool. So Maybe, maybe there was, was no time loop, and that was just a really good mushroom trip. <laughs> Could be. Could be. It's it. just like a stoner comedy. Um, anyway, um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. And I, I don't mind some ambiguity, especially in the time travel stuff. I do agree that a lot of the times, the, the more they try and explain away little things the more you kind of start scratching your head and thinking about it. But I don't always think that's a bad thing. And obviously it's much more about the performances and the relationships with people. What would it be like to experience the same day over again, especially with someone else? Um, and of course there's like revelations too. Like, uh, you know, we obviously we're in spoiler territory that, you know, he says like, Oh, you know, I've never made a play on you, but they have totally hooked up and Andy has totally, you know, been with her, which is this other moral thing where, mm-hmm. you know, he's done that and she was totally all about it like in the, in those separate loops but right now she's offended because versions of her where she didn't have all this prior knowledge didn't so it, it's it's a, another one of those things just same with andy talking about hurting people it's it's emotional it's physical um you know he he feels bad about the things you can do and reset and they have no knowledge of yeah yeah but i, I really enjoyed it and um good on uh good on lonely island for uh Getting that money. Getting that money. Um, would you guys recommend people see it? Absolutely. Yeah, I thought it was good. Um, I don't think it's... 
we didn't talk about all the all, some of the other little twists. O'Connor O'Malley is in this. Uh, he's he's got a little brief role. He's good. Um, um, but yeah, I think it's I think it's worth it. And this is another exclusive. This is currently only on Hulu. Yeah, correct. Max, what about you? Yeah, I think I think I liked it a, a little bit more than I expected to like it. Uh, it didn't blow me away, but I I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty fun, and I thought they did a, a good job of making the characters messy enough to enjoy to like. Uh, yeah it's a very good way to put it they're very very messy characters and so it gives you it gives you the you know you can you can hold on to that you can hate them at the same time as like them and uh they just feel a bit i wouldn't say real because they're they're a lot of times over the top but they they feel more interesting they're more well uh rounded filled out um yeah i enjoyed it and i i didn't some sometimes Andy Samberg rubs me a little bit the wrong way. Sometimes mm-hmm. he's a little too goofy. He kind of falls in that like Ben Stiller, Jim Carrey uh, thing where where sometimes he can be over the top, he can be too much, but then other times they can do a great job. And so um, I I think I I enjoyed him in this movie more than I've uh, uh, enjoyed him in some other things. How about you, Andrew? I yeah, I fully fully recommend it. I think it's a very charming movie i i see where people feel that way about andy i think where andy differs to me from and this this is i'm not meaning this as a slight to ben stiller or jim carrey i think there's an authenticity to andy samberg that i think is missing from both ben stiller and jim carrey at times um not that neither of them could bring an authenticity to characters but i think there's like a sort of a understated um like like this is kind of how Andy is like in his, in his acting that I don't think like usually Ben Stiller and, and Jim Carrey kind of putting on an affectation or being some sort of character that I think when Andy's acting, it's usually him being himself in, in certain ways. So I could, I could see it, but I, to me, he's, I've always found him to be a little more charming than the two of them, but regardless, um, yeah, I, I, it's definitely worth watching. Um, it's a short, I think it's around 90 minutes, but um, the chemistry between Andy and Christine, I think is really good. And JK Simmons is very fun as this sort of like floating antagonist slash friend. Mm-hmm. Um, Frenemy. Yeah. I think it, 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 it's a, it's a fresh spin on something that you feel like has been done to death. And I think they, they did it pretty well. So I recommend it. Right on. All right, guys. Uh, We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.